um, exciting, uh, exciting time. We will go to um, go from the New Old Testament to the New Testament. We will find Galatians here. Uh, and it, also, it says there, and as it is in, in, in my Bible also, the letter of Paul to the Galatians. And then the obvious questions pop up is who's Paul and who is the Galatians? So this will be part of the first, uh, first introduction. Uh, we'll find out who is Paul and who are those Galatians. And so we will read and then we will go from there. As we as we go to as we go to uh, this, uh, this is a letter. You'd be like, "What?" I thought it was a book in Bible. Yes, uh, but it is a letter. Uh, it's what also is called a circular letter. It is not only sent to one church or one person, but to a group of churches where it's supposed to be given to all the churches. Um, and so we read what will be what will be in classical antiquity uh, um, style of form of letter is we'll e read the introduction today. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is not all of Paul's letter, but this is the part we will take today. You can read all of the letter. It is... Uh, six chapters and we will take small parts and go through them now some of you uh, have uh, been known Jesus a long time so you will know who Paul is uh, some of you maybe not so long or not so familiar so we will talk about who Paul is uh, Paul is born in a region called Sicilia in Tarsus, uh, which is there. So if you zoom out, this is, uh, this is modern-day Turkey and over in this uh, area. Uh, Paul is, uh, Paul studies, uh, studied, uh, studied as a Jew, a Pharisee studied on a famous uh, teacher, Gamaliel, in Jerusalem. He was actually so zealous in Judaism that he persecuted the early church he approved of uh, Stephen's stoning in Acts. He is so zealous that he takes upon himself to catch more followers of the way. So, so he goes to watch Damascus where he's met by Jesus. Jesus blinds him in a, in a vision. And Paul is asked, why do you keep fighting against me? And Paul is like, who are you, Lord? And he's like, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And his life has changed. He, he goes, to, he can't do anything. He's taken into the city of Damascus. 
and a guy called Ananias is asked to go pray for him. And Ananias is like, God, I'm not sure because I know this guy uh, uh, persecutes Christians. And God's like, I got this. Just go pray for him. He will be used for me and he will suffer much for my name. He does that. He gets his eyes opened. He gets baptized. He goes uh, on and travels. Um, uh, he tra- immediately he gets up and preaches the gospel to the Jews there. They don't like it, and so he has to flee. Um, he comes from there. And then this is what, actually, this is what we went through in the book of Acts, like Paul's, Paul's story in the second part of Acts. Um, he's sent back to Tarshish. Uh, at some point, he's brought to go to Antioch with Barnabas because people are becoming believers there. Then they're sent out to go preach on the, his first journey, and this is where he gets uh, in contact with the people of Galatia, and the churches are planted at, in that area, and those are the ones he's, um, those are the ones he is writing to. They depends on who you ask, and I'll just skip through all of these. This is the rest of his life. This is a setting at this time is a, we zoomed out from before. Denmark, you can't find your country. Prompt can't find this Mediterranean. This is what the Roman um, sections were at this point in time. Uh, you can see where there was much military. This shows you the big numbers is how many legions are in each place. Um, but we're talking about that province over there. Sicilia is where Paul comes from. Tarsus, the area Galatia there. High, likely it's in the southern part. But there's lot, lots of scholarly debate about that. But I don't care. Oh, I do, but it's not relevant for you guys. But you can study it as much and fight with other scholars about is it north and south or is it only south? Let's focus on <laughs> what's mostly important. Um, uh, when is it written? This could be in a cooler slide. Um, there's... This is one of the things where if you have heard other people, well, Paul didn't write this letter. Paul didn't write this letter. Everybody agrees Paul wrote this one. Everybody agrees that it's early. How early? People are not necessarily. So there's actually a broad spectrum uh, from 45 to 57 uh, people would say that this is written in. Again, that is scholarly debates, which is good. It's good, good fun and good if you want to write a PhD and, and, and use your career on that. Uh, when we do this on Sunday, we have to, like, what is it that we actually really, really know? And that is what is written. So back, Paul, an apostle. Okay, why, why does he, why does Paul say this? Why, well, I'm... If I write a letter to someone, I'll state who I am, why I'm writing, who I'm writing to. So there's nothing bad about that or are obviously wrong with that. Now, most people argue here that Paul is in slightly, well, how do you say it in a nice way? Paul is concerned, maybe even mad, to upset of what he's hearing is happening uh, with these people 
that he risked his life for and was per persecuted for and with that they are departing from the good news of the gospel. That they are going to listen to somebody asking them to do something that draws them away from Christ being the one who is the sole good news. Now this could also be why Paul says that he is an apostle not from or through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father. At this point in time, some people could have argued against Paul saying, well, he has departed from the Jewish ways. He's not really an apostle because the apostles were only the 12. He doesn't know what he's doing. You cannot trust this guy. So Paul goes in and says, no, 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 no. You can trust me because I did not take this title on myself. I was chosen by God who also raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So one can say that Paul is asserting his authority to be able to speak on what he's going to speak on. I am not just John from the corner store coming up with my idea. I have been chosen by God to help you out with this and to tell you to keep faithful in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, he also says that he's not alone. And this is not just my opinion. This is opinion of all the people that are with me. He doesn't name them here. He names some of them in other letters. But Paul is not a one-man army. That might actually be one of the false gospels that we sometimes believe that I can do everything myself. No, Paul has a team of people, and we saw that in Acts as well, that they are a team who contends and want to share who Jesus Christ is so people can be set free and believe the good news about Jesus. Now, maybe if you are whole, whole new, if you are new, then who is the God that Jesus talks about? God the Father, the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul, in, in, when he is in Athens, he says that God is the God of heaven and earth, the one who created all things. He created the heavens and the earth. God is the one true being, what it means to be. We have it in the Old Testament when Moses is asking God to identify who he is. God says, I am that I am. I am what it means to be. That is who God is. Now, he also says that God is his father. Oh, wow, that seems to be slightly blasphemic, doesn't it? No, no, no. He explains who God is, and that he is the father of Jesus Christ. And then he says, and all the brothers who are with me. So he includes them as he writes, this is what we believe. We risked our lives to bring the good news to you. 
Jew and Gentile. This is a mix, mixed churches, as we maybe can remember from Acts. Paul goes into these places and starts first in the synagogues to speak to them. Some people believe and some people don't, and some places they get chased out from. Galatians will also, also will and have received persecution by both Gentiles and Jews. Therefore, Paul says he's an apostle. This word apostle has broad meanings and theological meanings. Uh, broadly, it refers to a messenger or, or delegate, referring to a person that has gotten authority on behalf of a master to go do something or have an administrative role. Uh, if we go into it, technical definition used by Paul and Luke, also called Pauline and Luke, Lukean, this is more specific to a person who has authority to speak authoritarily on doctrine and on how to interpret uh, who God is. Like, if you should say a little bit, like the Old Testament, some of what the prophecies speak. They speak f not on their own authority, but they speak with Christ's authority so the gospel will be proclaimed. To the churches of Galatia. We showed, I showed you Galatia, right? I just, okay. Um, that was in that region. Oh, well, we can go back. We can go. Yes. There. This area here, probably down where Derby, Liculium, Lystra uh, is, those is the region. Mixed Jews, mixed Gentiles, um, hostile area. Actually, uh, um, um, Galatia had a um, special status for a while in the Roman Empire that they uh, had a sort of home rule. They could do more things because at some point they, they were fighting with the Romans against a common enemy and they had more liberty than other people. Uh, over time that gets taken away and they be could just become a province, but they had a little more autonomy at some points. Oh, I'm already, I've already said all these things. Sorry. Um, okay, so his opening, well, now he said who he is. Now he is going to talk to who, who's talking about to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. There's just a few words I wanted to just talk about or things that struck me as I was reading, which then I found out, oh, he does that all the time. Oh, okay, I didn't know, I wasn't aware. <laughs> but he talks about s opening with grace. Grace, a wish of blessing. Uh, and have God bless the Galatians. 
a blessing that will cause peace and joy and rejoicing, God's favor on them. And so I, thought, I just thought that was an interesting word. It's grace to you that would lead to peace and peace to you. This is uh, grace. This is a very long explanation of grace. Uh, comes up in different forms. The one we maybe know, uh, or maybe you've heard from me and other people, is that it's God on God's unmerited favor. It's it's God bestowing on us His favor that we did not owe, or that we did not earn. Uh, it also means a general wishing or blessing, uh, a general. Uh, favor, acceptance, like you're saying, uh, I, don't know, I don't even know if we have it in Danish, uh, but you are well-wishing. So it's not necessarily, um, I thought this is amazing opening. It's not, maybe it's actually a lot more common that I made it. But, um, so it's, a, it's how he, he starts it, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins, deliver us from this very evil age, according to the will of God, Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. So he talks about who am I? Why can't I speak into your lives? What is, what is the goal of this letter? We can, always hear, we can almost already hear the underpinnings of what Paul is going to say next. This was one person that uh, thankfully just pointed out to me that God, that Paul begins and ends every one of his letters in the New Testament uh, with grace and peace. I was like, oh, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good way to enter into a conversation, if even on paper with people. So grace and peace to you, and not from me, but from God, our Father. Here he mentions from God our Father, not only God the Father, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's where peace, that's where grace and peace comes from. It comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I was doing some uh, some study on also the word peace there. And so if you should find an Old Testament equivalent, it's the shalom part where it's God's perfect order. Um, things that it should be, blessing, prosperous. Um, that leads to a deeper meaning and understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something that leads to joy and to peace, to go know God's favor and his grace in his son Jesus this for us and the Galatians this is Im really important for what comes next Paul is given the gospel to the Galatians in this introduction if they don't understand the grace and peace that they have in the Lord Jesus Christ there is a there is a possibility that they will be drawn away to other gospels or to earn this by themselves 
that they will have to earn the good news and that they would drift from what the truly good news is, which, got, which Paul says here. He says, whom God the Father raised from the dead. So Jesus is dead, but God raises him. And then here he says, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. So Jesus delivers himself, or God delivers Jesus. No, Jesus does, but it was according to God, what to the plan that God had. So we see here, he states who he is, he says who he's writing with, he states who he writes to, and then the importance of grace and peace to understand who God the Father is, who Jesus Christ is, what Jesus Christ has done, how it was God that orchestrated it, and who needs to get the glory. And if, if they or we don't understand that, there's a good chance we will slide from the gospel of grace and that Jesus Christ did it all to I can earn this. By doing one or another things, the things that Paul is going to lose his mind next week about and start cursing people is that they slide from it was God's grace, God's plan, God's sacrifice, so now I'll prove that I can earn it by doing a religious thing. So, so Paul and his team give this blessing, and they don't do it in their own name. They do it in the name of Jesus Christ and God the Father. So they're not like saying, we have come up with this, this thing. You should buy whatever we're selling. No, you should believe the story that about Jesus that you heard about through us and as we came in what changed your life what what how Jesus came to you and under, you understood who he was how he he came he lived he died he rose again he brings you to God takes away your sin and it's all done by Jesus and all you have to do which is very hard for the humans is to believe. To believe that this is what God has done. The everlasting God, creator of heaven and earth, in his counsel, knew that his own creation was going to rebel against him. So they made a plan that the Messiah that we just came out of Zechariah, the Messiah, and I guess I forgot to explain that Jesus' last name is not Christ. It's his title. Jesus is from Joshua in Old Testament. Christ is Messiah or anointed one. Uh, so this is, Jesus is not just some person. Jesus is the one that they have been looking forward for so, so long. The one that will be a blessing to all the nations. The ones that would come as the conquering king, the humble 
servant, the suffering king. He fulfilled all those prophecies. So Jesus is not just some some unimportant person. No, he's the one that was so longed for. God with us. The everlasting God. Came, and this is what Paul is going to contend for the whole Galatians, is that this is the good news. The good news is that God sends Jesus Christ to deliver us from our sins and this present evil age to reconcile us to God and our job is to believe that by the Holy Spirit but second, third member of the Trinity we can have our, open, our eyes open and see who Jesus is who God is and that he rose from the dead and we can be saved as he gave himself up for us and that God had planned this would happen. The one that was struck, the one that was pierced, the suffering servant from Messiah, the one gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Now, he ends with, I think it's, a, <laughs> I think it's a, so interesting, he ends with a with what I've always thought is like, oh, he talks about God, so he just can't contain himself, and he just <laughs> bursts into like, according to the will of God our Father, to him be glory forever and ever, amen. He just bursts into this praise part, which, which, uh, which is very beautiful and and encouraging. He 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 shows that that we we can never take praise because we didn't do anything. Jesus did it all. So naturally and logically all glory needs to go to God because we didn't earn it. We didn't earn it through our good works. We didn't do those things. So so if our hearts draw us away to be proud, arrogant, or give ourselves glory, or we steal some of God's glory, we have to be aware that we might be shifting from the true gospel to a gospel I've made myself. So what do we worship, and how do we get to this place, and how do we, how we overcome by the good news of Jesus Christ? And God the Father's plan, and the Holy people, Holy Spirit's people, awakening us to see who Jesus is. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to do it a lot, but it's other places also clear that God knows what He's doing. Jesus knows what He's doing. This is the Trinity working together for the praise of the glory of themselves and for the good of us as a creation. Sometimes there's been some horrible characteristics of God that's like, oh, he, su- he makes his son suffer. This is not unknown. It shows how God chooses to suffer for us. Not that God is a God who's a bad father or something.
It was, as I said, it was planned long ago in the counsel of God that even though we would reject him, God made a way for us to send Christ, the anointed one, the everlasting God, the one who lived and the one who died without sin, who lived according to the Father's will, and he died to li deliver us from sin and from this evil age that they lived in and we live in by giving his life on the cross to take away sin, wrath of God, shame, pain, guilt, so that we all could give all our praise and glory not to one another, but to God. Who is, not now, but forever and ever, he should have the glory. I guess this one. This is a guy saying, like, he's already drawing these battle lines because people are going to say he doesn't have authority and their salvation is only in Christ's work and not in human works. Um, salvation by grace alone, not works-based. Uh, oh, that was the one. While appreciating for the undeserved grace of God promotes the believer to give glory, give God alone the glory forever. If we understand correctly and they understand correctly that we've done nothing, then we cannot praise ourselves. We have to give all the praise to God. So he, Paul goes into this letter telling them, guys, I am actually the one who came to you with my fellow brothers we risked our lives to tell you about Jesus I have authority to do this not from man but from God who chose me to do this along with these people I will contend to you that faith in Jesus is by grace alone not by religious works don't go back to that and you know what you can never be proud and give yourself glory. Why? Because you didn't do anything. All the praise and glory goes to God forever and ever. When we sing forever and ever to God, we're not singing to you or to me. So this was just the first five verses of Paul setting up next week where he will lose his mind and go crazy. Rightfully so, I think as he pours out his heart for these people, that he's in doubt of whether they're slipping in to works righteousness gospel. The reason why, this is a little bit late in the sermon, but the reason why that we are doing this is because we had some suggestions of what to do, and somebody was like, what's all the false gospels we encounter in our world today? This is one of them, and we'll continue to talk about this. In the, in the Galatians, we have this plentiful uh, expressions of false gospels to trust in. Trust in your religious works. Trust in yourself. Trust in, even here, people would sometimes forget that Paul's, Paul's part of a team. False gospel, you should do everything yourself. 
which in this culture leads to stress, burnout, and all these things. No, you're not supposed to do everything yourself. You're supposed to trust in the Lord Jesus. Praise Him and do what He has called you to do. This is going to be the overarching thing of Galatians. We'll read the text. We'll see what is Paul teaching us. What is the true gospel? I tried to say it again. We will hear it every time when we speak. The true gospel is only found in Jesus Christ by faith in Him. Not of good works, but by grace through faith in Him. A few questions I had, which maybe I should also said in the beginning, but when you reflect on what we've been saying today, today, where is peace found? Where is grace found? Have you experienced it? Grace and peace. And how or why not? Who is Jesus Christ? Is God your Father? Why is this introduction to a letter written millennials ago so important today? I'll say it one more time, the last part. Because just as Paul was zealous for the Galatians, the true gospel is not that we worked ourselves our way into heaven or to be loved by God, but that God loved us. And in His Son, Jesus Christ, He provided for us to take away our sin and to reconcile ourselves to God that we might live to God and give Him all the praise and glory. This is the one true gospel that is by grace through faith through God's plan that we can understand and see who Jesus Christ is. Only peace and grace is found through Jesus Christ who needs to get all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of all, Thank you so much for for being an amazing God who who is true being, who don't change when trends or popularity or other things change. You are who you are. And even you and your counsel, God, you knew that people were going to rebel against you. You knew we were going to fail you. You knew we needed salvation. And God, thank you for providing your son, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus, your life, your death, your resurrection, that you're coming back. Thank you for interceding and praying for us as we're here. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we can have our eyes open to see that we cannot work our way to you, but we can trust who you are. We can trust by faith and grace that you are the one who provides a way for us. That we can never, that we were never meant to be praised, but you were. We were created to worship you, not ourselves, other people. So, Lord, I pray as we go through this series in, in Galatians, I pray you break through all of us. I pray you 
open up our hearts and minds to see how amazing and glorious you are, God. And Jesus, all the things you've done that makes it possible for us to see. And the Holy Spirit, you're moving in us. You're, you are, as Paul's writing to them, you will increase our understanding of grace and peace that it's found in you, Jesus. And I pray that for all of us, where we are at, Lord, you meet us in this. we will have a better understanding of who you are and what the true gospel is so we will not fall for all the false gospels. But we will be saturated, set in, enjoying the one true gospel in you, Jesus. May our every day be given over to giving you praise and glory ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome to the gospel, not the gospel of the Galatians. Welcome to Galatians. Welcome to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to a new sermon series of Galatians. Questions or comments or you want more background or something, just come and talk to me. Yes, I went through 10 mini slides. Um, uh, yeah. I would also encourage you maybe just to ask some of that, like just like, it's not Paul, it's Myers. Um, the person maybe you also were thinking about and praying about, maybe you should ask some of the questions like that I was saying in the end to strike up some conversation, some prayer topics about that as well. Just an idea. Um, yeah. Let's stand up, have the benediction, and we can enjoy it fellowship around the table. Paul writes from Thessalonians, now may God, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may you, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who has called you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.